Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today on my podcast, I want to give you guys a little bit of an industry intelligence update. Uh, As you can imagine, we get a lot of calls uh, from subbies of all different walks of life with different issues every week. And this month has been really interesting with the, uh, let's say the runoff of the COVID effect. There's been some economical factors to do with the election and to do with property prices and interest rates that have really started to affect the construction industry. And this is a little bit of a compounding issue, or maybe we should say the icing on the cake in terms of the pain that everybody was already feeling from COVID and material price increases and uncertainty in terms of material deliveries and delays and staff being unwell and all of the things. Now, we all knew that interest rate rises were coming and we, I think we all expected that the property market would cool a little bit. But one of the things that I don't think subbies were really anticipating as much as is happening is the cancellation of the principal's uh, projects. So head contracts, when they go to the bank and they're getting finance for their projects, this is actually really affecting whether or not developers can get finance for their jobs. So in the last four weeks, since my last episode, we've had a lot of calls from subbies who uh, the head contract is being cancelled and the builder is telling them that they're terminating or they're suspending the subcontracts until the paperwork is sorted out. So in some instances, the principals have discovered contaminated land and there's been other extenuating circumstances. But in some instances, it is just a cost viability measure and the jobs, um, the subbies have you know signed up to a contract one, two months ago, maybe they've done some preliminary site work. They're probably given one progress claim. But you're at that really nasty end of the bell curve there where you're outlaying, um, you know, the cost to tender the project, all of your admin time in signing the contract. And then suddenly the job is put on hold. Now, where subbies tend to go wrong in this instance is that they just go, oh, well, look, it's over. Um, I don't need to do any paperwork. I can just stop ordering materials and they head out and they quote like crazy to find a replacement job, which is 100% understandable and definitely recommended, of course. But the thing you need to realize is that there's going to be time bars under your contract to make a claim for any costs you've incurred so far. So most, most decent subcontracts will contend for a situation where the head contract is cancelled or terminated, and they'll also contend for Um, what you need to do if the builder suspends work under the head contract and gives you a direction to suspend as well. But there'll always be time bars for you to make a claim under those contracts. So you need to be really aware of what those time bars are and putting in those notices of delay and claiming extensions of time if we're talking about a head contract suspension or uh, putting in a notice of claim for your costs if the main contract is terminated. 
Now, this is pretty much your one opportunity to be able to recoup as much as you possibly can in terms of what you've outlaid on this job. And one of the biggest problems that subbies have is that sometimes principals won't make a decision straight away and the builder's sort of waiting in the wings to find out if the job's actually going to go ahead. And the builder will be your mate and saying, look, no, it's okay. There'll be a big EOT. You know, they'll be promising you the world. But sometimes what can happen is the principal can say, look, let's suspend the works pending an outcome. The builder will suspend all the subbies contracts. but The subbies don't put in claims for extension of time. And then the principal decides to go ahead anyway. And everything's been delayed three to six months. The job finally gets out of the ground your costs have increased, your guys have moved on to other jobs, you've got resequencing of works, you've got shuffling of labour all around the countryside. And meanwhile, you are still held to the timeframes in the builder's contract because you haven't given an extension of time for this head contract suspension. Now, if there's a head contract suspension and it goes on and on and on for three to six months, you need to keep your wits about you because you still need to be giving those notice of further delay and further claiming those extensions of time until the the issue is resolved. Otherwise, you won't have a right to effectively reset time under your contract. Now, what we're seeing at the moment um, is a real shift with what's going on with the economy. So back to the overall topic of this podcast, I really wanted to talk to you guys about what is changing, the way the builder's behaviour is changing to meet the needs of what, what their problems are under their own contracts and how it's actually benefiting you. So um, one of the biggest things that we've seen in the last month and to be honest, it's been the last six months, but really it's the builders are just becoming more open and upfront about saying, look, we will negotiate contract terms with you guys. So subbies now, it is it's very rare, even with the most adversarial builders that are out there that we normally just get a blanket no from, those guys are not only negotiating their terms with their subbies, Some of them have completely rewritten their contract documents into a much fairer, neutral position. Um, And a lot of the the times, builders, I give builders a hard time. Look, don't get me wrong, I own up to that. But builders didn't get to that point overnight. Builders got to that point of having really unfair contract terms because over time, things went bad. Additional pressure was placed on them under the head contract competition under the head contract got a whole lot more fierce and so they had to basically they didn't have a whole lot of bargaining power either with the principals and the principals were dealing with a bank and if you've ever worked with a banker lawyer oh my goodness this is where all of these you know really stringent pressures come from in the first place so the principal's got a financier the financier's got a lawyer they say look you've got to have these contract terms for you to be able to Uh, get finance for this job so the principal will go out to market and tender builders all get really competitive and say look we'll have to just sign up to whatever it is you want us to sign up to because we're so desperate for this work and that's been an unfortunate reality of the last decade particularly in tier two building for commercial builders and then the job gets out of the ground and the builder has already signed up to the head contract and the subbies are saying, hey, we want changes to your contract. And this is why you're met with resistance, because in a lot of instances, the head contract has a whole lot more risk. And the builder's saying, well, look, we won this job for you guys to have work. So you guys need to share some of this risk as well. Well, on one hand, they might have a little bit of a point, but on the other hand, they had an opportunity to negotiate as well. And if all the builders didn't accept that, then eventually there would be this shift under the head contract um, where, you know, 
financiers would start to realize that this is not the way that construction operates. So this is what's actually happening at the moment because the tier two builders and some of the tier one builders in, um, you know, I'll say the eastern states of Australia have really pushed hard for cost plus contracts in the last six to 12 months. And some of them are just, particularly the tier two builders are just saying to principals, we're not even tendering unless this is a cost plus contract. And what's happened is that people who really, principals who really want to actually build their jobs have got no choice but to reconsider the terms upon which they built. And when you've got a cash principal or somebody who's got their own money and they're not looking for a financier, they're actually saying yes. So there's plenty of work out there while there's been surplus work uh, where jobs have got off the ground with cash principals and cost plus contracts have been signed up for builders. So builders haven't been so stressed out about giving you subbies better terms because they've got a cost plus contract. In fact, some of them are even going so far as saying to the subbies, look, mate, put a little bit more cream on this job because, you know, we all need to make money and this is a cost plus contract. Don't be silly about it. We still want to win the job, obviously, but, um, you know, you don't need to be discounting this or buying this job. This is a cost plus contract. We all want to share the profits. So that's what's happening at a head contract level. And so you're left with the developers who have gone out to get bank finance and the financiers are saying, look, OD, you found contaminated land or there's been some other issue or uh, maybe it's even the interest rates are rising and people are not buying units as quickly as they were once before or even, you know, um, standalone properties or commercial properties. And the slowdown in the property market has meant that some developers are just saying, look, let's just shelve this project for six to 12 months and see how this all comes out in the wash. And then we'll proceed if it looks like it's going to be okay. So you can see how we've come on this real journey with the construction industry economy that has really been affected by COVID and then the overflow from COVID or the backlash or the, the kickback from COVID and material pricing increases, government stimulation, all of those nice things that we've been dealing with already. And now that we're coming out the end of it and people are getting on with their lives and people are living with COVID, uh, the the pressure under the head contract and the pushback on the principles, but also the increase in the interest rates has led to a lot of projects not getting off the ground. So this brings me to my last little um, interesting thing that we've been seeing a lot of in the last four weeks. So as you're all aware, we've got a new prime minister, we've got a Labor government in place now, and it hasn't taken long for the unions to really um, get their traction back in the industry and interject themselves into projects and where a lot of the apartment um, towers that have been built on the coast were largely being left alone for non-EBA builders um, now all of a sudden we're seeing unions rock up and start throwing their weight around and what's inevitably happening is some of these tier one builders who normally would do most of their projects as a union job they're trying to do the sneaky townhouse project inland here and there uh, suddenly those projects are becoming EBA projects now again the subby subcontract will likely put all the risk on the subby for paying uh, union wages and we've had guys who have literally just been about to sign contracts that day and have swung by site to talk to the foreman and have, everyone's been on an RDO and they've just gone 
hang on a second, this is not what we thought was going to be happening for this job. So you need to be really aware of what is going on with the um, projects that you're signing up to. If you are trying to sign up to jobs now to have some guaranteed work moving forward with this uncertainty around principals cancelling jobs, I totally understand and support that uh, process. But if you are not crossing out or uh, amending the industrial relations clauses in the contract so that you don't wear the cost of any kind of extra wages or allowance or shutdown or the unions come and shut down sites or if suddenly RDOs are imposed on the site, you just need to make sure that the contract terms protect you financially so that you're not the one wearing the cost of that burden. Inevitably, the builder got your quote uh, based on a non-EBA rate quote and now they are going to have to deliver the project for EBA prices. So that's a builder problem. That's not a subby problem. Um, but a lot of the standard form subcontracts will put industrial relations back on you, the subby. So um, this is something that you must, must, must be dealing with now before you sign contracts. If you leave these things in there and your job turns into a union job, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And it could just well be, um, you know, the house of cards situation where we've had material price increases. We've had resequencing of labor. We've had staff off sick. Um, you know, we're trying to claw back some semblance of a margin coming out the back of all these COVID issues. And now suddenly jobs are being pulled out from under us and the unions are coming in and making it more expensive for us all to build. Now, I just want to pre-qualify there. I, I'm what you would call an agnostic when it comes to unions. I don't have strong feelings either way. I understand that there's a need and a place for unions and that some people feel like they don't have the resources to be able to stand up for themselves on their own. If you're a union member, um, good for you. We don't have any strong feelings either way. We understand that their role in the industry is you know, a forever role and that they're not going anywhere and that there is a place to be had. Um, all we're saying is if you're a subcontractor with a commercial subcontracting business and you're signing up to contracts, you need to be aware of what financial risk you might need to outlay and EBA wages are a real thing. They're something that have to be paid if there's an EBA in place. And if the builder has an EBA and the contract says you must comply or at least pay equivalent to wages thereof, and you're not doing that now, that's going to be an extra cost that you're going to have to wear. So um, these are operational realities of the world that you guys are operating in and something to keep an eye on. So that's our industry update for the end of July. And it's been a really interesting month. We've had uh, calls from trade credit brokers telling us that they're pulling insurance on particular builders uh, with 30 days notice. And I've just been really um, surprised that that's happened. And, you know, I can't go into details on this particular podcast, but I'm going to do a separate podcast on the issue because I think it's really important for a long time. We've been advocating for people to get trade credit insurance policies on the basis that you'll be covered for preference payments and retentions if you had the right underwritings in your policy. Um, if you look back on our podcast, I've done podcasts with trade credit insurance brokers before, and now it seems like they might be trying to just wiggle out of the risk that you guys are paying your premiums to avoid. So um, I'm going to come back with more detailed podcasts on that in the next couple of weeks. So watch this space. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. 
If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing papers? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.